Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your host, Lonnie Jenkins. Hello, friends. I'm Lonnie. Delighted to be back with you again. Uh, we were in a session last week, and we want to continue on with our subject matter. I hope you were with us uh, last week and can stay with us through this one here. We have spoken to you many times about the ministry of William Branham, and a last-day prophet, an end-time prophet. And uh, we have with us uh, Brother Ed Biskell. He's a minister up in Canada. And uh, I don't know how to say it without... I don't want to make him feel special or embarrassed, but he had, he had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with this man, William Branham, who was a prophet of God, whose life fulfilled scripture. And he's been a worldwide witness. And this ministry that we talk about is not just coming to you over uh, television, over your satellite connection. This ministry is around the world, the one that we're talking about. And so it's not hidden in a corner. His church is up in Canada. There's hundreds of churches across the United States, in Russia. Uh, we have in the studio here some, one of the ministers from Pakistan, another one from Canada over here. It's not done in a corner. So this wonderful ministry that we talk about, God has sent again the spirit of Elijah on a mighty prophet to restore us back to the gospel that Paul preached, to lift us out of the traditions that have crept in. I'll say something, I don't want to hurt our Jewish friends, but the very same thing that happened to them happened, happened in the Gentile church in that God presented a pure word to them and we could go through uh, what had happened. But anyway, they got taken away from the pure word of Moses off into other books that were trans supposedly interpreting this word, but actually took the people away from this word and diverted them away. Same thing has happened with the Christians and the Bible. What God gave to us as Christians, what gave to God to the, gave to the Christian community, it got taken away, taken in a different direction. Sometimes we find that Christian leaders uh, take them in another way for their own benefit. Sometimes we find politically minded men find that religion is a good avenue and they can take religion and twist it to their purposes. And we see it actually happening all over the world today, this, this very thing that is not the pure word that it was, but it's been twisted for some political purpose. But nevertheless, God, before this great judgment of God that's promised on the earth in the near future came, God had promised that a man with the spirit of Elijah would come and take us back to the gospel that Paul preached. And the man that we have in the studio today, Reverend Ed Biskell, has spent time with this prophet, and so we're wanting to pull from him what he saw about this ministry, what happened through this man that would be so different that he could say this man was special, this man was different. And then we were asking him last time uh, to give us some examples of what he saw in this ministry. And today, we'd like to take the time to possibly place this ministry a little more in Scripture. I, ga I gave you the comparisons last time of the Elijah ministry to John and the Elijah ministry in this day, how that John came to prepare the way of the Lord under the spirit of Elijah, and the spirit of Elijah in this day came to restore, take us back to the gospel Paul preached. But there's, there's more to this. And because we have an eyewitness, one who was there with the prophet and spoke to him personally about some of these doctrines, we'd like to move the camera over now to Brother Biskell 
And Brother Ed, if you would share with us a little bit about some of the things we've been talking about. Take us anywhere you want in Scripture. Just feel free. Thank you, Brother Lonnie. I think that you have touched on uh, perhaps one of the major uh, subjects by saying a forerunner. Mm -hmm. A question which was in my mind, and this was as a young minister, I, I wondered why did God need to have the spirit of Elijah on one called John the Baptist to forerun the coming of Jesus Christ? Uh, wasn't the ministry of Jesus Christ sufficient in itself? Mm -hmm. Why the forerunner to prepare the way of the Lord? And I believe last week you spoke on the difference between preparation and restoration. Mm -hmm. And uh, John came to prepare the way of the Lord. God, for reasons known only to himself, chose the faithful spirit of Elijah to forerun the coming of Jesus Christ. Now, for all of our viewers, I know that each one that has any understanding of salvation and of, of, of Christianity, they are looking for Jesus to return. But we don't even have, we don't have a right to expect him unless we can identify, as the scripture says very clearly, there will be a voice to forerun him. Mm -hmm. And if I could, I, I would like to take two or three places, if I may take that oh, yeah. liberty Wonderful. in the scripture. <clears throat> Jesus himself told us in Matthew, the 25th chapter, that there would be a, a, a voice or a cry at midnight, that the kingdom of heaven would be likened unto 10 virgins. Uh, five were wise and five were foolish. But the Bible says, and at midnight, there was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Without taking too much time, it's absolutely, it's clear, crystal clear, that there was a cry at midnight prior right. to the bridegroom arriving on the scene. Yeah, and good. then I believe last week you made reference to Malachi 4, 5, and 6. But I would like to just compare it also with another scripture. Okay. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. When William Branham was speaking with me on this scripture, he said the, the coming, the first coming of Christ was great, mm -hmm. but it was not dreadful. Mm -hmm. And the spirit of Elijah comes before the great and the dreadful day mm -hmm. of the Lord. Right. Now, when the angel came to Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, right. he said these words, and he shall go before him, that is Christ, in the spirit and power of Elias, which is Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. The angel himself breaks the scripture in Malachi right in half. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the fathers of the law to the children. And he breaks the scripture in half and says nothing of the children being restored back to the faith of the fathers mm -hmm. because that was going to take place before the dreadful day mm, right. or the dreadful coming. Right. And now we are to expect from that a voice to come to turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. 
or we could say a cry at midnight. Those are two places in the scripture. Right. And then the third place that I would like to refer to would be in Thessalonians, and it's a scripture that is certainly one of our favorites for all people who are looking for Jesus to come. It says, it says, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we realize also, uh, Brother Lonnie, that the last church age in Revelation, chapters 1, 2, and 3, in chapter 3, I will send you a voice. He says in chapter 3 that the message to the Laodicean church, it's a very stern message, but it concludes by saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Mm -hmm. So even, even just prior to the uh, awakening of the, of the end time church, that I, personal pronoun, Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, standing at the door and knock, the messenger of Revelation 3, 14 and 15 must come and deliver his message mm -hmm. to the church age at that time. Let me interject here just a minute for our viewing audience. I want to just mention something to you. In Revelations chapter 2 and 3, we have in seven churches of Asia, Gentile churches, Gentile churches. We've mentioned these things to you, but we have new people watching all the time, so I want to be sure you understand. So Revelation chapter 2, chapter 3, under the angel of the church of Ephesus, then Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And they were literal churches at that time. But we find that we can take the condition of those churches and just virtually lay them over history, and we find that they're, they're what was said to the, each church was actually prophetic of an age to come. And if we, as soon as we match it through historically, and we'll go through this in detail with you one of these days, but right now we're just jumping now, as he mentioned Laodicea, the seventh or last church, that's our age. This is the Laodicean age. And you'll find that God to Laodicea has nothing good to say. He, in the other churches, he tells them what they're right and where they're wrong. But in this age, he has nothing good to say. To, to our final age. That's why God had to send Elijah, lest I smite the earth with a curse, because the, the whole system was going in such a direction that there was no hope without this restoration ministry. Now back to Brother Ed. <laughs> I think the, the, the scripture that opened up uh, for myself is, is when I found or discovered that there had to be, it was absolutely essential to have a, not a voice just to tell us that the Lord is coming, mm -hmm. that we knew. Right. But when we were so aware, and I was so aware, and many of my associates and colleagues were so aware, that there was a decline of spiritual, uh, of the spiritual temperature, the level of spiritual life in the people, and as hard as we would minister, as fervently as we would minister, it seemed that we were powerless to sustain the spiritual level 
and the spiritual atmosphere. But when I became aware that God had sent a prophet mm -hmm. and the word of God comes to the prophet and comes from his mouth, mm -hmm. Brother Lonnie, there was a multitude of not just questions answered, but then this Bible, this Bible literally became an open book. Amen. And uh, mystery after mystery and scripture after scripture and especially concerning the coming of the Lord, it all began to fall into place. For example, we used to believe, as most do, well, the Lord will come in a twinkling of an eye and the dead are going to come out of the graves and, and everything's going to happen in just uh, in a twinkling of an eye. But then you have a prophet come and takes the scripture, says, the dead in Christ shall rise first, period. Mm -hmm. then we which are alive and remain mm -hmm. shall be caught up together with them. Mm -hmm. And such simple statements, but then it began to put our day and our expectation and the things which God has left laid in the scripture for us, but now they were being made clear. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it, it was simply the mouth that it was coming from that made it so clear mm -hmm. to myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if your viewers are aware, Brother Lonnie, but of Brother Branham's ministry, there was over 1,100 of his messages. Mm -hmm. And the absolute proof of the prophetic ministry mm -hmm. has been recorded and, re mm -hmm. and kept for us, and we're so happy for that. Mm -hmm. uh, viewing audience, by the way, while he mentions that, if you want to contact us on uh, Global Answers at our website, and just re request one of those tapes. Say, I would like to hear a healing line from William Branham and see this, hear this prophet in action. Write to us. We'll, we'll send it to you. No charge. Go ahead, William. All right. Uh, another, uh, another scripture which I think is uh, very significant and for the viewers, in, in Isaiah 61, Isaiah prophesied, and Jesus referred to this prophecy. For the spirit, of, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings. Unto the meek he hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening of the prison to them that are bound. Notice now this second verse, Isaiah 61 and 2. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Notice the year of, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, number one. Number two, the day of vengeance of our God. When Jesus entered into the temple in Luke the fourth chapter and there began to quote this prophecy and he said of himself, and there was delivered unto him the book of Isaiah the prophet. And when he opened the book, he found the place he was looking, Brother Lonnie, for this exact mm -hmm. spot. Mm -hmm. So that's very precise. Where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the deliverance to captives, and recovering of sight to the blind to set liberty them that are bruised. Now he goes on to verse 2, but he cuts the verse in half. To preach 
the acceptable year of the mm -hmm. Lord, and he closed the book. That was a very deliberate act. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, and he closed the book, because that coming was not the day of vengeance. Mm -hmm. Right. And so John had just foran Christ. Mm -hmm. He had just foran the acceptable year. Mm -hmm. And now Elijah must indeed come and has come to forerun the day of vengeance of our God. I will just conclude my little part of this, Brother Lonnie, by saying I often asked, what would I do if I were God? What would I do to warn a world of the coming of Christ and the judgment? What would I do? And I think the pattern that I would do would be exactly what he did at the first coming. Mm -hmm. He sends Elijah, introduces Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ delivers his message, does his mighty works, and the whole work is concluded. In the end time, there's a repeat of exactly the same, mm -hmm. the same performance. Mm -hmm. Here it comes, Elijah out of the wilderness, as it were, out of obscurity, and William Branham with a mighty earth-shaking India, Bombay with hundreds of thousands of people, Durban, South Africa, uh, Cape Town, Johannesburg, all over America, Germany, Switzerland, the Scandinavian countries, and this ministry, the dead raised. Five certificates of five people been raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. It was so phenomenal. And then God would use his mouth to deliver a message to this age just prior to the appearing of Christ and taking his elected bride out from this inner rapture in a change of this body, it only seems precisely correct to me that God would do the same thing he did at the first coming at this, at this time of the second coming. God being a God of perfection, he can't prove on, improve on his methods. Once he uses a set way, he always uh, moves in the same way so that we can see, see what he's doing, see what he's trying to bring to pass. I'd like to back up just a little bit in my personal testimony regarding this ministry. I became aware that God had sent a prophet in, uh, in about uh, May of 1966. And... Uh, Shortly thereafter, after I'd spent many months just buried listening to those tapes to find out what did God have to say to this generation through that prophet. And as I began to get something under my belt, I was, I was kind of one foot in Pentecost, one foot in the charismatic move at that time, and I'd made many contacts. So I started moving around among my friends in these various churches, wanting to share with them what God had done in this, in this generation. And I found that through the 60s, when I was going around, that to just describe the kind of ministry that William Branham had was just earth-shaking to the people. They wanted to know more about this because of the supernatural. But by the time we got into the 70s, and I would begin to speak to the people about this supernatural ministry, by now they're saying, oh yeah, brother so-and-so does that and brother so-and-so does that. And the whole area was becoming clouded now because other anointed men were rising with what the people thought were similar, similar ministries. But as Brother Biscoe mentioned in the previous thing, but no one with the accuracy 
the perfection that this first, first one uh, uh, could dis display of God. Now, let me just back up. When Moses came on the, on the scene as God's prophet to an age, he had a message from, the people of, from God to the, to the people of God. And, but then, to confuse the issue, the court magicians, Janus and Jambres, began to duplicate what Moses was doing. And so much of the supernatural that Moses did, Janus and Jambres duplicated, and it kind of confused the issue, hardened the heart of Pharaoh, because, hey, my boys can do that too. But then, but we, if we go back and examine it though, but only Moses had a message from God, and Moses did it first, and then the copiers came along. And then now we find in, in the circles where these anointed men are operating and supposedly performing all the miracles of God, and much of it is, much of it is, wouldn't deny it a bit. We talked about the rain falling on the just and the unjust, pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. So it's, it's Holy Ghost power, no doubt about it. But do they have a message from God? No. They're trying to promote their own ministry, draw people to themselves, not point people to Christ. Where this ministry that we're speaking about didn't come to exalt himself. He came to point us to the scriptures, to take us back, back to the gospel Paul preached, to take us back to an unveiling of Jesus Christ as the people had lost sight of that. And God did this supernatural to draw our attention to where this, that he was with this mighty voice. And this ministry of the last age is calling out a people. And as uh, Brother Ed just mentioned a moment ago about the rapture, it comes in three stages, the shout and the voice and the trump. And until I understood from a prophet, I always thought it was shout, voice, trump, bang, we're gone. And it was like all happened in 24 hours. But we find that each one is a sequence, one leading to the other, one leading to the other. And the shout is this very message we're talking about. The shout before the second coming of the Lord. The rapture, friends, is already in progress. Not, the, not to step into another dimension, but the three-step process of the rapture. A shout, a voice of the archangel, and a trump of God. So the shout, this message, sweeping around the world to gather those who have ears to hear back to the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word. God had to bring a pure Word to restore a pure faith to accomplish in a people what's not been accomplished in any other age, faith to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. And that too, friends, is a mystery in that the change in the moment in the twinkling of eye is the rapture. It isn't that we're going to fly away into heaven in these bodies for something to happen. When we are changed in a moment, we are thrown in contact with the dimension that is right here near us, but just faster and we can't see it. So the shout is gathering a people to prepare them for this theologically called rapture or raptos or caught away like in the hands of an eagle, caught away. And then, then the, the voice of the archangel brings on this resurrection that we've talked about, the dead in, dead in Christ. This is not the general resurrection. Those who were in Christ through the age, ages will resurrect at the, at the voice of the archangel. And then just as the parallel in Matthew 27 where the dead in Christ arose at the crucifixion of Christ and were seen by many for a period of time, 
before they went with Christ in departing to another dimension. The very same thing will happen in this age. There'll be a period of time, dead in Christ will rise. They'll be seen by many, not all. Neither were they seen by many in Matthew 27. And then there'll be that period of time and then this change in the body. Just prior to that, there's going to be a tremendous persecution come on the Christians. It's clear from scripture. It's clear from a message that a prophet brought. And part of the reason we're on the air, we want to show you what's coming, where it's coming from, and what to do to be ready to face what's coming, preparing your heart, preparing your soul. Had to get that off my heart. Brother Ed, you got any more comments for the people? Well, I think you've touched on probably one of the most exciting aspects of, of, of this message, and that is Brother Branham compared the resurrection that is we are now in expectation of mm -hmm. to the resurrection when Jesus first arose, for he was the first fruits of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. But the scripture says, and many were seen in the streets of Jerusalem. But who saw them? Not Caiaphas, not Herod, mm. not the high priest, no. not the leaders, not the Levites, but they were seen to some believers. And they were assembled, and the scripture says he was seen of above 500 brethren. Mm -hmm after his resurrection and before his ascension. And we're expecting to see that resurrection happen on the same pattern. It'll be glorious. To face the music about us humans, here was 500 that he was seen of after his resurrection, but only 150 made it into the upper room. Amazing. We humans are a sad lot, we are. We are dumb sheep, the scripture says, and we desperately need a shepherd. And the only great shepherd that can take us through is Jesus Christ, and he is the living word. Now let me get in just a little more before we close. Jesus said he is the I am. He testified to that. That's the same thing that God called himself in the Old Testament, the I am. What does that mean? He means he's the present tense God. And so most of Christianity is fervently studying what he was in the past, prophesying, no, not prophesying, predicting what he will be doing in the future and totally missing what he's doing today. This broadcast is coming to you to try to show you what God is doing today so that you can be a part of it and unite with this great bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, the living word. God bless you, saints. We'll see you next week. Friends, the scriptures often speak of eyewitnesses to the works of Jesus Christ. Here you have an opportunity to have a two-hour video now of a man who spent many hours with a prophet of God and can give you his personal testimony. Two hours right for information. request a copy of today's program on DVD titled An Eyewitness or Ed Biskell's Complete Testimony also on DVD, contact us at Global Answers, 1695 Stewart Road, Lima, Ohio, zip code 45801 here in the USA, or visit us on the web at globalanswers.us. The Healing Line audio mentioned on today's program may be downloaded from our website. May our Lord Jesus Christ richly